Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Oh, this is the test the speaker song for me at home. Oh, yeah. You're the sweetest one, Luther Vandross, off his second album. Forever for always, for love. It's hard to believe you've been gone for a minute. I know. You guys live, he lives on. Through the music. The world's And he pops up all over the place. Like um, David Bowie did an album called Young Americans. Luther's a backup singer on that album. Yeah, oh, uh, Bowie went over to the Apollo and said, I want true soul artists up and coming. And Luther was one of the guys there at the Apollo. And they said it's some of the most complicated arrangements they've ever seen. Bowie was nuts. But then this, when Luther hit it out on his own. Oh, it was beautiful. And he produced it, too. And you're the sweetest one. The sweetest one. And this is a speaker testing song because the bass is so crisp and deep. But then he's got the high notes with the backup singers. He's hitting the mid-level really good. So we kind of test out our surround sound with this. Oh, that's what's up. We got it on vinyl, too. No, actually, I got it years ago. It was before you showed up. Before Fresh was even doing jams. And it was the old jam staff. Jerome was still around. Yeah. Jerome's been here forever. Forever. But uh, we did Dirty Santa, like we do at our office Christmas parties. And I kind of knew what I was grabbing. It was wrapped, but it felt like a vinyl. I'm like, I'll take the vinyl. And it was... Uh, Forever for Always for Love uh, on vinyl, Luther Vandross. And all of them are like geeking out, like, oh, Joey, Joey got that one. I'm like, joke is on you guys, fools. I listen to this. I love this stuff. Exactly. Joke's on you. Luther Vandross is the man. So oh, how, man. How you doing, Brandon? Is, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. The, the move from hell is over. <laughs> I feel uh, nice and uh, rested. I've been working out hard. Okay. And I was telling you, like, this T-shirt, mm-hmm. this was given to me, like, eight years ago. I'm surprised because your opening line to this show is Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the uh, Gatson flag snake. Yeah. Now, it's don't tread on me is the old saying. I like the revised version. Don't tread on anyone. Ooh. It's less populist, less us versus them, more universal. Don't tread on anybody. Anything peaceful is allowed. That's my approach. Uh, we're talking about the PC culture today. Yeah, Anything right. peaceful for one person can be... That's the problem, though. Like, okay, if I say something rude, 
that's rude, but I didn't hit somebody, and I didn't threaten them with violence. But as we've learned with the social media culture and the suicide culture, mm-hmm. words are very powerful. Now, remember that case where um, there's a terrible girl? This, yeah, this young girl. She that told, was texting. She, she, and, and she told this guy, like, she dared him, like, well, you keep talking about you're going to do it. Just, Just do, do it. Just do it. And he did it. Well, and she, they locked her up. Well, her. no, she on appeal, she was exonerated. Because they essentially said that, I mean, he's the one who took his own life. Oh, kind of like how they convicted Charles Manson for convincing other people to do murders. Well, then, even though he never murdered anybody. He, you sure about that? Sure about it. Manson he, never murdered anybody. I gotta look that he up. He convinced everybody else to do the murdering for him. We gotta fact check this. Okay. Charles Manson never murdered. Never murdered anybody did charles manson kill anyone uh he committed acts of violence bad enough to kill a couple of times at least okay so he's he did commit violence against people. oh that's for sure he was professor x before professor x he just planted the suggestion and just let okay. nature take its course. He, he started a death cult, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's not the quite the same thing as being an a-hole to your boyfriend. So, uh, so well, you know. well, but but it is I, the same thing. But they locked him up for, well, what, and 20, there is 30 a, years? And also, this is the nice test. Because what if, say, some? what if Hitler himself never killed anybody? But he's directing people. And he has a whole machinery of a state. The whole nation, new founded nation of Germany, behind him, killing a lot of people. I think Hitler's culpable. Definitely. <laughs> obviously. But he never pulled the trigger himself. Yes, so that's I, true. That, that is true. I think I, if you run an organization based on, you are the head of it, clearly, and it's based on predation and violence against others, yeah, you're, you should be held accountable. I mean, but that's the same thing. Is is that the same type of crime as a Wall Street banker who steals money from people? Uh, not the same level. I would say if we're going to judge these things, mm-hmm. killing people. I, I, I mean, now, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Killing mo- people and genocide's a little worse. Just as an understatement, a little worse than you know stealing somebody's money. But stealing somebody's money is pretty bad, and that's not peaceful well, either. Well, but at the same time, okay, I've stole I've stolen your entire life's worth. Yeah. And guess what? As a result, you end up killing yourself or doing something mm. even more horrible. Well, that stuff does go on. The number of bankers that jump out the 50th oh, floor come window. Come on, now. 2008. Ooh, too much pressure. Oh, man, they had to catch somebody. Too much pressure. There's this one economist I know, uh, Mark Thornton. He has it. It's his skyscraper theory. that In order to build skyscrapers, especially if you're going for world records, and you want to build the world's tallest skyscraper, you need a lot of easy money loose money, cheaply borrowed money to do these sort of projects. And so his theory, and it's been pretty right, is that when you start seeing people build record-breaking, world-record-breaking skyscrapers, could be a sign of a coming economic crash, that there's too much loose money in the economy. Maybe we could come up with a different theory where how many bankers are killing themselves. Well, well, I'll put it to you like this, because it's funny that you bring that up, because this week I myself have talked to an investment expert and yeah i'm starting to get in on you know need to uh, exactly earlier the better exactly and actually i found out i'm kind of behind 
Oh, I'm behind. You know, myself, because yeah. because they're saying you should start investing your money in your twenties, especially our generation. Mm. Because and he told me two reasons why. Because our generation was one of the few that decided, hey, we don't have to work. <laughs> the world is just going to come to us and give us things. Unfortunately, it, unfortunately. Yeah. So that means. You know, retirement-wise, you know, we don't have a lot coming because it's not enough people paying into Social Security. So oh, it's yeah, not going to be there for everybody. I think that's such a scam at this point. Like, I get I get frustrated thinking about that. Uh, oh, 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 and see. Like, paying in Medicare and Social Security, you know, and I'm not ever going to touch it. Well, and it's not even that. Like, I don't want it. Well, well, well you have to consider this. Let's say for the next 40 years, you get 60 to $80 taken out for Social Security. Right. Now, when you get ready to retire, you don't know how much of that they're going to give you back. Exactly. Well, no, and I've had frank discussions with my grandfather about this. And he actually called the Social Security Administration and said, I, on my own, saved pretty well, invested pretty well. I don't need it. Can you just give me back a lump sum of what I paid in? Because I'm living longer than what y'all expected, and you're going to end up paying me more than what I paid. And see, that's that's the third thing that messed it up. No, we can't do that, sir. But see, that's the third thing that messed it up, the baby boom generation. Uh They are living, a lot of them are still living. Oh, yeah. And and see, it's their retirement that we're still paying for. Well, and that's actually how the program was designed. It was designed when you receive benefits. It was about the average lifespan. People were dying at 65, 66, well, well, 70. Well, of course, because people were smoking by the time they were 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've seen old um, wedding videos of my grandparents. They actually had a video of it. And everybody, they're sitting in like a, you know, a reception afterwards. And everybody's eating some crap salmon. You know how it is. Usually at a wedding reception, it's not the greatest food. Unless you do buffet style. Oh, I love yes. a good cheese fondue. Well, well, and you know what? And you have to do open bar. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And you can have fun that way. But no, everybody is sitting there, all these tables kind of splayed out, and everybody, women, men, kids even, everybody is smoking. And it's like, whoa. Well, well as, as the great Greg said before he left, it was a different time. It was a different time. And I have to say, because I have my own tobacco habit, it's one of the most difficult things. I don't even like it half the time. But it is a compulsion. It's something I, It's one of the big things I need to work on this and, next and year. You know no more cra- tobacco. And you know what's crazy? A friend of mine told me who used to get tobacco. He said a lot of times he wouldn't even realize he had it in his mouth. Right. You get Un- to that point. Until somebody would make a comment or it just then caked onto his gums or something. Oh, yeah. And, and then he finally realized, like, wait a minute, when did I even put it? Oh, that's bad. He just does it. That's real far gone. It's just so far, so well, ingrained what's in What's really bad is if you fall asleep with it in your mouth. Ooh. That's happened to me. Ooh, it's terrible. Oh, that's a, that's a horrible it's way a to wake gut up. Bust, gut buster and you're, you got the sweats. It's like, <laughs> what did I do? I didn't drink anything. Oh, no. I left that in my mouth. Gross. Uh, you're like, so gross, Joey. Uh, like, like my, my body's working on a, a super high right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I started with? With tobacco? Up? Black and mild. Yeah. I blame I blame you, know you Terrell. If you're out there listening, worked Parks and Rec one summer, and we hit a break, and he'd pull out his black and miles, and it smells. They smell better than they taste. I know. 
And they smelled so good. And so I started doing that with them. Then it became a habit, like cup of coffee, black and mild in the morning on the balcony. You know, Troy jo- joins me on Mondays. We yeah. sit out on the balcony in the Garden District in Auburn, you know, all fancy pants and sip our cup of coffee in our stupid slippers and, you know, smoke us a black and mild. And it went from there to smokeless. And it's just like, oh, God, it's a terrible habit. Terrible and, habit. But but you but you know what? I mean, everybody has habits. And I've I've tried to explain this to people in my family. Everybody has a way of coping. It could be mm-hmm. exercising. It could be it could almost be anything, you know, drinking, smoking. I mean, everybody has something they have to do to relieve stress. Otherwise, we would be around here doing the purge. Oh yeah. You know, you need some outlet. You do. Uh some way to transfer or like transmutation, take that energy that you're feeling, whether it's anger or you're a bit switched on, you don't have any outlet or like whatever it is, resentful. Right. Right? And you gotta get that energy out some way. I now look forward to exercising. Of course. Of course. Um, you're yoga. Now, there are some days where it's like I don't wanna do it, but I get up and I kick my own butt and I and I feel better. Like my Day feels better after doing like an hour. It's like, okay, I'm doing that. And uh, I'm really loving the cryo chamber. Did that this morning. And oh, that's what's up. Tomorrow night, the guy runs uh, Infusion and Cryo and Laser Center over there off Taylor Road is uh, joining me, Ryan Turner. He's joining me tomorrow okay, night. Okay, okay. I will look forward to listening to that. Talk to some of the science behind that and the effects. But he's also, he does like hardcore CrossFit workouts and he's worked with a lot of professional athletes. It should be a fun, interesting show. CrossFit. I, well, I, I don't know. I told you to get into CrossFit. I'm I'm almost there because the yoga can, and it really isn't, I'm not really doing proper yoga. It's DDP yoga. So it has some yoga poses, but he focuses more. It's faster pace. And it it's about getting your heart rate up. And it focuses more on like your core strength and stuff and like that. And also he does a lot more push-ups and these sort of body, you know, traditional body weight exercises, isometrics. Um, where you're like moving your muscles and flexing while holding in place, these sort of things, just to get your heart rate up. And that's a little different than I think traditional yoga. Though that's a good exercise too. Well, 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 well. But I'm at the point where I want to try weights, like bringing some weight resistance training to it. Because I was about to say, by you playing football and stuff like that, I mean. That was the last time I really lifted, but I was too young. Well, yeah, because your muscles wasn't as developed. I would, I would work my butt off, and I would never get any gains. I had incredible conditioning. I would not get tired in a game. Yeah. Like, our coach really kicked our ass. In the summers, we'd have to get up and be there at, like, 8 o'clock. Every, like, and we had to meet. I, I think we could only miss, like, four or five days all summer if you want to be on the football team. Unless you had a really good excuse, like a family vacation or something. Yeah, something like, you just couldn't help. Right. But then right. even when you came back, that means you well, got worked I went double. On a, I went on a cruise, and when I came back, my body hated me. And he really, we worked it. We would be in the weight room. We'd be running outside, like... That I still think Tim Trokey, and uh, I've had Jr. Uh, Jr. Richardson. He was a guest uh, last fall on my show, and I think both of them forgive me. And it's still to this day this mentality of you can do it. Like well, well, mentally, you can put yourself there. Now with football season coming up, now uh, this is a question we've all mm. kicked around the water cooler at my job. I mean, do you? A lot of people don't pay attention to the NFL because they feel like they're overpaid. And I, and I thought about that, and I was like, well, you have to think. 
these guys are putting their bodies. Oh, yeah. Their bodies on the line. Well, I, I think something that happens with NFL games is there are sometimes games where you can tell they aren't going as hard as they probably can. Now, I'm talking about teams that are dead last. They're not well, trying well, to prove themselves. Well, well, well you have to you have it's to. It's a think. bad culture in general. Well, you know? a, a lot of guys, you have some guys who get that big contract and, hey, okay, yeah. I want to live up to it. Yeah. You have other guys who get the big contract like, oh, right. well, now I can relax. But then... I and it may not be popular around these parts, but if you have two top-notch NFL teams playing each other, and I don't even know the teams, like I'm not a fan of either team, I'd rather watch that than a college football game because it's so much faster. It's a little more interesting what's going on coverage-wise in the defense. I, I mean, but but, 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 you, but, you, but you have to think of where you're at because everybody wants if if Alabama beats somebody fifty to seven, they still would complain about the fact that they got scored on. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they scored seven. Well, but then college football, I think, gives you, uh, unless it's like the NFL playoff special occasions, college football gives you more drama week after week. There's more interesting things, I I think, that happen. I don't know, because when you have ranked teams playing these... Silicaga Valley, but occasionally Silicaga Juco, Valley. Yeah, but nobody didn't Appalachian State beat a team one year. Michigan, yeah, yes. You get those sort of games. Yes. You're like, really? But do you know yeah. how how long ago that was? It was a while ago, but occasionally that stuff happens. Now, when and it, I love those. Now, games. when it happened, I was laughing. Oh yeah. God, I loved it. You gotta love that stuff. And there's something about college football that is a little. It's it truly is kids. Well, well, you have to remember and, and, and it's a see, college game. And see, that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about because they're talking about taking away the amateur status and actually paying these kids, which I think would be a great idea. I agree. Because a lot of these uh, institutions make millions well, and it's not off even, of what they do. And it's not even you have to pay them like a salary like an NFL player. But if you're going to use the guy's image and likeness in a video game, for instance, you need to pay him money oh, 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 for the why, rights to his image and likeness. Wait a minute. Why do you think NCAA was, what was it, NCAA 2014 was the last one? Right. Because a player actually sued them and won. And they was like, wait a minute. If the rest of them come out of the woodworks mm-hmm. with this... Nah, we're just going to do away with it. With, no, but that that number two Auburn jersey, that wasn't because everybody loves Auburn. I'm an Auburn alum. I love Auburn. It was a great place to go to school. I still miss living there. Beautiful place. Mm-hmm. But that number two jersey sold because of Cam Newton. Exactly. That was him who did that. Not Gus Malzahn, not anybody else. It was Cam who did that. But see, that And he should have... Reap the rewards. I guess he did go into the NFL. Well, well, yeah, but see, that's one story. But you had so many people off that team who went on not to do anything. Right. And I, th- I think we need to kind of change that culture because I was looking at uh, Last Chance You, the new season of it. It's on Netflix mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Very great show because it teaches you at the JUCO level, you know, it's not just about the athlete. Because a lot of these guys that come in, they were incredible athletes in high school, but... They don't even know how to read. Right. It is they're, about they're just passed through. a true student they're, they're just athlete. Passed through. Oh, and I, I know about those classes. That's where I really like like one of my favorite players in the NFL when I was really watching the NFL, really into it, is a Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, Derek Brooks. Oh yeah. Brilliant man. He got a I think a master's in business. After he gets out of the NFL, he's got multiple businesses to his name. The guy just has it going on. I really respect those sort of uh, brilliant scholar athletes. Well, well, you know what? The thing is, he didn't make football his life. 
Yeah. You know, he he went back to school. He did other things. And something else. And too 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 often we give these athletes too much leeway, and we just tell them that hey, this is all you can do. Mm-hmm. And then these guys become forty and fifty years old when they retired, and now they just. It's like, okay, no more checks are coming in, so I can't spend like I used to. Now the wife is leaving, and now all these bad things are happening because I haven't set set aside money for retirement. Oh, yeah. You know, I was trying to keep up with the Joneses, as we say. Oh, and that's really bad, especially in the NFL. Like, these, they get a huge contract, and they think, oh, I'm set, but they get caught up in this idea, i got to be at the biggest parties. i got to have the best car. i got to have the flashiest, oh, nicest oh, clothes oh, oh, and suits. Oh, and- Andre Risen will tell you. Oh, I pulled up one one practice in a Porsche 911 just because Deion John, I mean uh, Deion Sanders had got a, a Porsche Carrera. <laughs> so I just wanted to outdo him. You know what I'm saying? Show but him you're I'm not Deion, man. Exactly. Not not only that, Deion set himself up towards his retirement years. Deion yep. was like, you know what? Let me start doing some of this broadcasting, some of this hosting. He set himself up yeah. for that position. Andre Rising, you haven't seen him. Since and anything. Well, you got to feel bad for the, some of these guys who were raking in the money and it just goes right out of their bank account. And, they and, spend it on but, whatever. But see, but see you guys like Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson, he'll tell you, oh, all my diamonds was fake. Mm-hmm. Cars were rented. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I took those back. Well, and you the can only do that. thing, and he said, the only thing I paid for was my house. Yeah. Everything else, rented. Clothes. If, if they weren't given to me by a sponsorship or free, I didn't wear it. I was like, now, that's just smart. Yeah. No, that's the way to do it. And, yeah, you get sponsorships. People will pay you to, to wear, wear their clothes. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, and I think coming back to the college point of view, I think if a college kid wants to get paid by some company to wear their stuff, it's within his rights. The idea that he waives this right is, I think, well, a little ridiculous. Well, the no. thing is, when you... And I and I've wondered about that, but the thing is, when you sign yeah, oh yeah, those scholarships... Yeah. Oh, it's like guess a, what? If the t- if the team has a deal with with uh, Adidas, that's all you're wearing during the games. Oh yeah, and I get during the games. But say you're out on the town, and you're a big college star. Yeah, but at you're the at same, the bar, you're at the party. At the same time, I told you, social media. Somebody yeah. takes a picture of you in a mm. Nike's hoodie. What business and, is it of my coaches? If I'm at the bar, I'm 21 years old. Budweiser wants me to drink a Budweiser where I'm at the bar. Mm, it's I, I should I, be allowed to do that. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's kind of that gray area you because know? it is your personal time. But the way they treat these players now in college, they almost treat them like pros. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, it's tough because these people really do give up their their bodies. Oh, oh yeah. And and putting aside even the major issue of concussions, CT, and uh, head injuries, I'm pretty sure. Looking back in my own short stint in football in high school. I had what we called my bell rung several oh, times. Yeah. Stingers. No, yeah, nothing ever to the point of I didn't remember anything or I was throwing up. Not a, a really bad concussion. Well, but I definitely had my bell rung. And we're learning more and more that is a concussion. It's a minor one. Ex- that's a concussion. Exactly. But you think, okay, from the time you were in peewee football, how many mm-hmm. times that happened? I didn't start till seventh grade. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I mean for, for the average way. player. Yeah. You're going from peewee to middle school football to high school. Yeah. In between that time, you've probably had your bell rung five or six times because you're, you're constantly practicing. Now, did you play any sports in high school? 
Nah, didn't mess with it. Nah. How big was your high school though? My high school was pretty big. Okay, that's yeah. probably if I had gone to a big school like a six A or five A school, I probably wouldn't have played. But I went to we were technically a two A classified as three A because we were a private school. Okay, so I played, and I thought it was pretty damn good at especially at corner, like on defense. I knew unless somebody legitimately just had better skills. Like, you're just that much taller and that much faster. You're not going to get a ball by me. Gotcha, gotcha, I mean, gotcha. there occasionally were guys where it's like, well, damn, that quarterback's that good. That guy actually runs a 4-4. I'm going to have trouble oh, here. Oh, man. We had a guy in, but, De- in Detroit a few years back, Calvin Johnson. I just would feel, I mean, he was 6'5". And could just literally... Oh, the Calvin the Johnson? Cal- oh, Mega yeah. <laughs> Dude, I watched him catch a slant, a two-yard slant, and just take it. And, like, he <laughs> outran the safety. And I'm just looking like, dude, yeah. that is just not even fair. It's not. To be that fast. Yeah, there. I got juked out of my cleats on this one guy. And my coach goes, don't worry about Joey's D1. Don't worry about Joey's D1. <laughs> Like five, so, it doesn't make me feel better, but so, fine. So, so, so wait a minute. I have to poke a little fun at uh, our friend uh, Southern Wood. Mm-hmm. So was there uh, any participation trophies given up? I don't think there were. Oh, okay. No, not in a... Oh, oh, we, the, did, we did team awards. Oh, okay. It was more in, in, like in those days, inside if you, things. In those days, if you lost, you just lost? Yeah. You didn't yeah. get taken out for pizza and coddled? No. Oh, I mean, wow. I wish some of the cheerleaders had coddled me. Oh, yeah. 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 But oh. yeah, but then I think back and go. Then I would have to deal with all their crazy crap. Wait a minute! The coddling doesn't ever come cost free. Yeah, and what is with all these shootings going oh, on? Oh, it's crazy. No, and that's another thing. How things used to be. I mean, you can find all photos where they would have target practice at school, at camp. We would shoot the stupid pellet guns, but like, I mean, you can go back. People shooting twenty twos or more. Kids have, you know, hunting rifles in their trucks because that's what we did around here. And something has happened where, like this Parkland shooter, it's, I think it's what you brought you up. He, in his confession, said, quote, a demon made me do it. Could it be that he was on psychotropic drugs? That's or, possible. You know. And I also think if you go back, there's a, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's a French guy gets quoted way too much, but Michel Foucault. Um, but he did like a history of crime in France. And he talked about how different defenses were developed and, and to deal with heinous homicides and murders. And examples he gave were horrific. This is before any pharmaceutical industries come around. But he would talk about like, you know, these two guys that have known each other for 20 something years, they go out, work on the farm. All of a sudden, the one guy, it kills the other guy. And he doesn't remember it at all. Like, he literally just snapped one day. And he does not remember doing it. A woman leaves her daughter with her neighbor, again, known for years, goes to the market, comes back, her daughter's severed head is being thrown out the window. I mean, crazy thing. And out of those sort of cases, you got insanity pleas in common law. You got crimes of passion, these sort of... They didn't always hold up. People oh, would still be not. punished. Exactly. But it, you start to see that there is something. Sometimes somebody's just off. There's something the not working. But 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 see, I always think that if you pay attention to a person long enough, they'll show you who they really are. Oh yeah. 
Well, and I think all this guy, Cruz and Parkland, the warning signs were there. He got visited by the authorities 40-plus times. He actually did go see a shrink. Like, everybody, when this happened, and Parkland's like, yeah, we know who did it. Well, if everybody knows, how does it get to that point? And I'm a big believer in, I, I don't think it is necessarily a gun problem. I, I, well, well, but I'm, I am I'm, all for, if somebody is having violent outrages or outbursts, they're talking about killing people, hurting themselves or others, that person should not have a gun. No, of course not. But at the same time, it doesn't stop their parents, their grandparents, their uncles, aunts from having a gun. And guess what? Let me go visit auntie. And just happen, happen to know, yeah. know the code to her gun safe. And before yeah, you yeah. know it, hey, I'm back at school. Well, and if you look at the number of gun deaths... The astound and it is astounding and tragic. Most of the gun deaths are not like gang violence, like we saw in Chicago this Mm-mm. last weekend. It's not mass shootings like at Parkland or at Sandy Hook or at the movie theater in Aurora. It is people killing themselves. Oh yeah. And to me, that goes to: is there something going on where people don't have the same connection as they used to? And also, I have to step back and go. Well, maybe this was going on just as much. We just didn't realize it. We didn't have the statistics. We weren't keeping track of people. And, I mean, and, and that's that's plausible, but I don't know. It's just at the rate at, that it's happening now that kids are getting their kids yeah. are getting their hands on handguns and just well and waving um, it in front of their face. And there's great documentaries about Chicago where older gang members are saying we used to like beat each other up yeah you'd even bring like a bat or a brick or knife to a fight but we wouldn't the goal wasn't to kill the other person no it was just to make them to beat them unconscious or make them leave make a point and now they're saying they're blown away no pun intended by how quickly kids go to the gun like i'm gonna kill you well well, because fighting number one you're talking about a time when fathers were in the household so most kids of that generation knew how to fight yeah. You know, you knew how to throw your hands up, do something. And it's counterintuitive, isn't it? When a society becomes more cowardly and not as willing to just have a fight and then whoever wins, well, that settles it. It's gone to we become more and more, oh, I don't want to fight. I don't want to have any risk involved. The society becomes well, a little more dangerous. Well, well you have to think as, as, as men, the one thing you don't want to be is embarrassed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's embarrassing to lose a fight. I think there are a lot of people who don't, who think life can just be comfortable and secure. And that is, it will never happen. And the more you search for that, and that's part of life. Comfort and security is part of life. But if that's your number one goal, I think it will lead to a lot of insecurity and discomfort. That is more toxic than if you take on some worthwhile burdens and worthwhile suffering. Well, but see, that's the thing. That goes back to your upbringing. I mean... Mm -hmm. You have some parents who are comfortable just coddling their kids. Too much. And then when the world finally hits them in the face, that's when you get all these suicides, all these hurt feelings, and just horror stories. Yeah, and I don't know how you necessarily... I always feel weird when I talk about fixing it, especially you're talking about a diverse, multicultural society that is the United States. I don't think there's one fix. I think it's more about you know getting to know the person next door. Get to know the people who are sitting in that desk next to you in the classroom. Well, well, but but the thing is, you it's have not to, really a top-down thing. Yeah, but the thing is, you have to be willing 
to get to know exactly. someone. Exactly. Because if I've been told my whole life people that look like you are evil. Oh yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Then, That's then, a problem. Then, then I'm I see you out in the street and it's like, oh, let me avoid this guy. Let me walk across the street. Well, we need to hit a break here really soon. We're going to go out with some more Luther Vandross. Ooh, better yes. love. But I wanted to bring this up with you. Talking about the people have been taught their whole life, yeah. inculcated in hatred. True hatred. Yes. You ever heard of a guy named Daryl Davis? Mm-mm. He's a blues musician. Black guy. And he made it his life's mission. I can't remember what exactly spurred it. Of actually seeking out members of the Klan. Befriending them sitting down and talking to them and he collects their robes when they give up being members of the clan i was like and people are going how did you do it he's like well i just sat down and i made them see i'm a, a human being and not just a human being that i can be your friend and i love you and it's just a remarkable story well and it doesn't surprise me that he's a musician there's something about music that well well and and then the thing is it goes back to media and stuff like that. How much it, how much images dehumanizes things. Mm-hmm. We don't see people; we see the symbol. It, exactly. Yeah. Oh, only time I've ever seen his people are in handcuffs, so they all must be criminals. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad. Uh, I. It's a. I think it's a. Well, problem time immemorial. It's always been with us in some form or fashion. Oh but yeah, it's, it's a matter of getting better. And I'm, I'm generally an optimist, Brandon. Oh, like of I think the. Ideas that come out of the Enlightenment have worked. Science, empiricism, rationality, but also basic moral precepts like human dignity, dignity and freedom for the individual, free thought, free discussion, free commerce and trade. I think all these things have generally worked. And most of the time when we backslide, it's when those things are jettisoned and given up. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, but I hear Luther coming in. Oh, yeah, because we got to hit a break. All right. This is the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I am Joey Clark, and alongside me is Brandon, God's gift. I like saying that, God's gift for us. (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back after this. I can't go on since you've been gone. Sometimes I don't know what I'm living for. See, I don't know what it told you about the better life. And how he can treat you better But none of that will keep you on a night He'll give you more But you can't have a Clark. Welcome back. Oh. Now, this is a Brandon recommendation. Oh, yeah. bit of fun. I mean, that's such a universal, especially for guys. What are you doing? I'm just sitting here. Well, what are you doing sitting here? 
watching, watching ladies. Watching ladies. <laughs> just watching ladies. Oh, and I found something I wanted to share with you, Brandon. I can't. Uh, I like this song. Though. I'm into it right now. Oh, yeah. Every time I hear, I, I, I try to surprise you, man. Now, my roommates got me on this. Have you seen the new singing competition show on Fox? The Four. The Four? Oh, yeah. And, uh, by the way, Charlie, uh, he used to be one of the people. They had four judges along with four. Like, people had the chairs on the four. And uh, he got hit by the Me Too movement. Really? Right before the finale of last year. So, it was time for the finale, and it's like, there's Diddy. There's Khaled. There's Megan Trainer. Where's Charlie? And Charlie has not come back this new season. But for those who aren't familiar with the four, the way it works is they have four already kind of established, not big time, but artists that they think are going to be great. And then people come on, they sing a song. If the judges, Diddy, DJ Khaled, Megan Trainer, all approve saying, you're good enough to go on and challenge one of our four people, they get to challenge them. Then the audience votes in the moment on who gets who won the battle. I really like it. It's kind of a battling thing. I mean, to me it's just a playoff like rap battles. Yeah. You know, I well, mean it's it's all in fun, but Well they have they have uh mostly singers, but they do have some uh rappers. They have some hip hop artists. And, and but see my whole thing is I'm glad it's not like American Idol. Yes. Where every other person has that Oh, so sad story. No, one of the people that was on the couch on one of the four chairs from the first episode and made it to the finale was a woman kind of, you know, I think 30s or 40s, Sharia J. And she would come out with original lyrics almost every time on a, a beat you might know, but she would kill it all the time. I think she had one line where she's looking at one of the challengers going, if cancer couldn't kill me, how could you? Oh, yeah, because her head is shaved and stuff. Because she just got through, you know, battling cancer, and it was just like, she was great. But one of the people, I don't know if you saw him, he's this goofy-looking white guy who works on a garbage truck. And he's like, but in my spare time, I try to make songs, like hip-hop songs. And again, he's like this goofy dude. You're like, what the hell is this dude going to be singing? Yeah. And, and like Diddy's like, you ready? I'm ready! It's like, what are you going to be doing for us tonight? Oh, it's an original song called Cheeks. And they're like, Cheeks? All right. And then he goes and proceeds to do this song. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but here's just the hook. And the whole audience just falls for it. And even Khaled and Diddy are like, okay. Damn cheeks. See you walking by, look at them cheeks. Look at them. And them yogas, look at them cheeks. Nice Man, they so good, look at them cheeks. Oh, I just wanna get to know them cheeks. Oh, she walking by, look at them cheeks. It is. It is catchy. Look at them cheeks. And it's got a good baseline. I just wanna get to know them cheeks. And then, like, it cuts back to him after the song. He's like, yeah, I made a banger. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, it's in the whole song. The whole point of the song is look at them cheeks, look at that butt, and them yogas. Uh, I mean, it's Sir Mix a lot updated, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Oh, but I just think that's that's cool how 
almost anybody is crossing over into the culture now. Oh yeah. You know, you have you have Japanese people that's doing rock and roll now and, and some of it's really really, really good. Really good. Really good guitar riffs. Have you heard sort of the I've heard this mostly from Shinsuke Nakamura. He was a big wrestler in Japan. He jumped over to the WWE and now his theme song is like rock but then they're rapping over the top of it in Japanese. I can't understand a word of it, but it's awesome. It's like intense and scary and the rock music with a like violin, like an electric violin. I, I, going. Know, I know you're talking about. He actually got that from uh, uh, I forgot the name of the anime that uses it, but he got it from an anime show. Yeah. And just took the song and just made it. I was like, that is kind of cool how everything is now crossing over. Yeah. And it's just, um, but I'm, um, you know, Brandon, you know, there comes a time when you, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be pretty fair-minded mm-hmm. i try to see both sides of the coin not be too abrasive or divisive on this show okay we were just talking off air about you know loving our enemies of course but you know it is a common thing men sit around they look at women in particular they look at women's butts they write stupid songs about them like I mean, look at that guy on the back of a garbage truck just looking at people's butts all day. Now he's writing a song. When are we as men going to stop objectifying women? Well. Because I don't think it's ever going to stop. Well, uh, name me a time we didn't. Yeah. Well, well, you, you have to think. Back in the 50s and 60s, we just said it a little sweeter. Oh, yeah. I just want to hold your hand. And what did hold, what what did hand holding lead to? Right, our parents getting here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, no, and I think you can you can say I, I like your butt or I like your ass, and you can also you know respect somebody as a person too. You can do both. Well, <clears throat> when I talked about the double standard working, well, that it sucks for women till it works. That's another one. Mm. You know, women are allowed to come to work wearing whatever they want. Oh, well, you know the old solution to this. Was especially people running big factories sort of thing. You wear a uniform. Yeah, that's that's nice in theory, but we wear a uniform where I work at. Women are still allowed to wear stretch pants. No, but what if the women had to wear the uniform? Oh, they do wear the the uniform shirts. Yes. Oh, they wear the shirts, but they yeah. still wear the stretchy pants. Oh, the stretchy pants. The stretchy pants. When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. And women do too. Yeah. But no, I, I think it is an interesting concept, especially with new rules uh, having to pertain to sexual harassment, which is a real problem. Well, 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 but that's what I'm saying. I couldn't go to work wearing jogging pants mm. and just walking around. No. I can't go to work wearing just my compression shorts. I can put some clothes on. I, I, exactly. But women are allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Or if they do have the uniform shirts, they're low cut. Yeah. But you're expected not to look, not to notice, and just look at the sky every day. Hey, See, but doing? I don't have a problem with that. Like you don't leer, you don't. You Joseph, I, I do notice. Thank you. I of course that, that, notice. That, 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 that's all I want to get out of, of you. Of course Joseph. I notice, but I also know that's an interesting person with a personality and a backstory Joseph. and a history. Joseph, come on now. I do know this. No, no, I know, I know. Women can be interesting too, but <laughs> they get. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. But the, I mean. If that's the first thing I see when you walk up to me, it's like, oh my God, okay, don't look, don't look. Okay, I just looked. No, but something's happened to me because it's so readily available all over the internet. Of course. That it's almost become like, okay, you got a body on you. I like it, but like, what else you got? 
It's kind of like when that A.J. Reynolds guy came out with, look at them cheeks. They're like, that was great. You got another one? <laughs> and, you know, it, you got you you to be more than a one-hit wonder. I don't know. You it's, can't it's just a- be all about how I look because it's going to fail you a lot of times in life. Well, and we've had this discussion before, too. It never becomes a problem until women start to lose their looks. Well, and it's not just... A, let's be clear. This doesn't just apply to women. Oh. Don't you feel bad for some of the guys who are in the weight room constantly, and they're not doing it because but, but, they're but, doing it for them. But, they're but, doing it because they think, oh, if I work out and I get like this, and I don't work on my personality at all, I don't find success in my life in any other way, I'll just, you know, rake in the women. Well, well, Maybe well, because well, you well, have big pecs. Well, well but, wait know, a minute, but you, you, have, really. you have to consider this. Men internalize their faults early in life. True. Like around 9 or 10, we're like, hey, I'm fat. Okay. But I'm going to I'm gonna be able to make a chick laugh. I'm going to practice jokes. I'm going to have something that works for me. We eternalize mm-hmm. that and move on. We don't See, stay you're, on You're it. making such a great argument for what some would call the patriarchy. <laughs> no, but I think it's true that a lot of great accomplishments in human history have been done by men who are just trying to get laid. Oh, of course. Or they took that impulse and it went to something else ridiculous. I- exactly. Wait a minute. A woman's not even here right now, but my mom's on the telephone. But what if I wanted to talk to her? <laughs> The internet. Hey, hey, Steve, go get over here. No, I I think it's it's changing people, and I feel bad for some guys get sucked down these rabbit holes where that's their only interaction with the opposite sex. Well, well, whereas whereas back in the day, you just had dudes who paid money and went to hotel rooms. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's just we we're not in a hotel room. I'm in my room. You're on your computer, right? And we're just exchanging things. Well, but that's a dark place to go. I, I mean, I mean, it's not like the one time is bad. I'm talking about a guy where it becomes habitual. That's the that's really the only time you interact. It can be. I think it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's it's not healthy. I'll put it that way. It's kind of like if you're smoking three, four packs a day. You might get by. You might be one of those people who's like 99 years old and you're still smoking, but. The odds are it's not going to be the healthiest way for you to live your life. Oh, of course and not. And I, I mean, I get it. Sometimes you just give up. Well, you're, well, you're tired well, but, of the but, rat but, race. But, I get but, it, but, but, you know. But we talked about technology and divisiveness and stuff like that. But some people just don't know how to talk to other people. True. You know, like the scariest, the scariest thing for a lot of guys is to walk up to a random girl that they don't know. That still scares and, the hell and, out of and me. And just to say hi. Yeah, it's scary. I'm, well, radio's changed me a little bit. I've become a bit more comfortable. Well, well and other things I've gone through in my life, it's sort of like, well, yeah, well, there, are, there are worse things. Well, now. well, the thing is... Not as scary. Well, the thing is, by you being in the public eye, it's kind of helped you. Yes, and also as I've grown up and matured, um, I'm not as desperate. So it's like, and also the more you grow up and you mature and you learn about people, you also realize, oh, this is a complicated person who could be a huge benefit to my life if it becomes something more. could also be something that really tears me down. Well, it could be something well, that that's really... The risk, that's the risk of any relationship. Exactly. So you got to be careful where you're... Uh, well, there's a simple way I could put this, but it's not allowed on FCC airwaves. Let's go to the phones. Let's see who this is. News talk. You're on there. Who's this? Uh, it's Crawdad. Hey, Crawdad. What's up? And I was listening to you about the, the song. that, uh, and, and you know what? The, before you even started telling us about the song, 
you kind of gave the background garbage truck guy. Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind in the pictures in my head was a guy singing about his job. He's going down the street and he's doing his thing and he's working. And there's ladies that are looking at him going, ooh, look at those cheeks. Them cheeks. See you walking by, look at them cheeks. Look at them. And them yogas, look at them cheeks. Man, they so good, look at them cheeks. I just want to get to know them cheeks. See, that's what I mean is, is women look at us, we look at them. And men look at men, and women look at women, and all that good stuff. If you're a garbage man, what do you got? You got cheeks, dude. No, you got a uniform. But still, but not being the pun. Right. I mean, you know, you got a jumpsuit on, and if you're getting up and down and up, it's like doing that stair stepper thing. Or what is it, down tiger position all day long, Joey? Down dog. <laughs> Downward facing dog. Down dog, sir. That'll give you some cheeks. <laughs> yeah, so I if mean, the ladies are looking at you, Joey... I had somebody tell me today that I am wearing those jeans. Just, I did just, have somebody tell me that today. You are look, wearing those jeans. Yeah, just look back and smile. You don't have to wink or anything. Just look back and look. smile because you made your day. Exactly. But see, one of my, one of the points I was making was like women on the job, what they're allowed to get away with and what we're allowed to get away with are two totally see, different things. I, I agree. But do it guys really a, want to get away with it that much? It started a war in Troy. Let me tell you, they know, <laughs> they know rules, man. Whoa. They know the rules. Let's say there's two gals. Are shooting. They're laying on the beach. You know, they're getting some sun. They're on their towels. They got their pinny coladas and their little umbrellas and sunglasses and their little stringy bikinis. Mm-hmm. You walk by. If you don't look, something's wrong with him. If you look, male shoving his pig. So, you cannot win. So it's a double standard. Thank you. You have to play the game, though. See, I'm happy to take there's something wrong with him. It's like, well, if you don't want to take the time to figure out what's wrong with me, then how, what good are you? Oh, come on. And what y'all, good are you? And, and, and you guys say, I'm the rom-com guy. Come no, on. No, no. If you aren't ready to put up with my neuroses and my insanity, what We're good are neurotic. you? There is ma- oh, mass neuroses has been stricken from the DSMR to the, the American Psychological Association has removed that terminology, mass neuroses, oh. from the DMSR revised vision version, which is totally crap because <laughs> all humans are neurotic. Every About last, something. Every Pretty last much. one of us is neurotic. Yeah. That is That's scary. what's wrong with us. That is crazy. What's the famous Freud quote? I've used it before, but I've come to North America to distinguish between clinical depression and everyday misery. <laughs> everyday misery. What's My it, friend, what's let it me one and the same? About the folks getting in Japan, uh, picking up on some of the, the latest genres of music. Um, when I was in Egypt, I'm sitting in a cafe right across the street from the University of Cairo. I'm, I'm waiting on my wife to come out. And there's a young fella sitting there, and on the TV, there's MTV playing on the TV. Mm. And he's sitting there having a pizza, too. And, I mean, he had purple and red hair cut in a mohawk. He had piercings in his nose and his ears, and he's got on clothes. He looked like he could have been right on MTV, and this was just a kid in Cairo. It's everywhere. And, yeah, they were playing rap music on the TV, too. There you go. Well, Crawdad, we're out of time, literally. Brandon, thank you for the joining me today. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Went fast. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night. Ryan Turner.